Hey y'all, hey everybody, and welcome back to The Quick With Q. I am your host, author and mental health therapist, Kwayana Davis, here to talk to you about something that is dear to my heart. But before we get started, I'd just like to thank you for joining me today. And remember, here at The Quick, we share quality information while simply kicking it. That's right. All we strive to do is plant small seeds of information in hopes of growing one's quality of life and quality of thinking. Today, I want to talk about code switching. There's been a tremendous uh, uproar conversation about the ability to code switch, especially in the rise of uh, some social injustices and some political things that have been happening lately within the African-American community. There has been a huge conversation in the education realm and in the workplace about increasing equitable practices and inclusion. And while these are awesome, awesome things, I think there are some things that people have just not realized. As a matter of fact, this is me coming to you guys with a confession. I have to confess that in my tenure as a consultant, there was a time in my career where we were focused on positive um, behavior interventions and supports, or PBIS. And a big part of that is helping kids to uh, build some structure and give them clear expectations around what's going to be expected of them within the educational environment, okay? And so a lot of my work was centered around teachers being intentional about teaching expectations in order to empower students to be able to code switch. Now, most recently, I've been able to kind of... um, reflect on that and think about it on another level. So since we've been exploring more of the CRPBIS, now if you haven't heard about that, this is more of the culturally responsive PBIS. And if you're interested, there is a culturally responsive field guide for implementing positive behavior interventions and supports. But when you start to delve into that, there are some very critical pieces that made me very cautious at how I present this information forthgoing. So when we talk about code switching, here's some things we need to consider. Code switching is perfectly fine and okay for the purposes of building uniformity in a contextual sense to maintain order, okay? So if you are teaching expectations and routines that are going to help maintain order, that is, that is how you want to think about how you're implementing or how you're giving or offering your students their expectations or empowering them to do so. Here's what code switching is not. And I think it's very important that we remember what code switching is not. Hello, teachers who are teaching, if you're driving, from the suburbs or in a non-urban area into an inner city school and you're dealing with inner city youth, vice versa, if you are in any, just remember, wherever you're going, you're going to have multiple cultural identities for the students you're ahead of, for the uh, staff that you are a charge of. The people that you are over come from multiple different backgrounds. Be sure that you are not trying to implement expectations to empower them to be you because that's not okay. 
I think it's time that we start to have this conversation about code switching, and I'm going to get back to it. We need to start having this conversation in the sense of code switching is not to make people conform to the mannerisms of dominant culture. I'm going to say that again so you can really hear me. We are not teaching kids mannerisms of dominant culture to tell them that their culture is wrong and that dominant culture and that's white male christian mid-age we're not going to tell them that that's the right way this is why we end up in these predicaments so many times right now where there's unclarity where there's there's just no clarity around what first of all what the expectation is you do not take me and we have too many we have too much representation from different countries um even within the united states the different geographical areas come with their different accents and dialects it is not fair to say that a northern dialect is more proper than a southern dialect that's that's not okay and so at the end of the day it becomes necessary for a leader whether that be in the classroom or whether that be in the workplace to fully be culturally competent in the sense that when you hear something that is not dominant culture you don't try to correct it to the point where you try to strip a person a youth a colleague of their culture you don't want to strip them of their individuality their individual cultural representation is not wrong it is simply different we also want to think about this in terms of the hiring process so I also got the opportunity to help score scholarships and okay I'm able to see my colleagues scoring processes and it it just led me to question what were people looking for as they scored these essays and was that an equitable practice was there even an increased chance for that to be equitable understanding that my colleagues were middle class professionals who have been in some ways conform to dominant culture. It just comes with the territory, especially if you're not doing more of an introspective uh, social awareness work, which would enlighten you and empower you to be able to do something um, less the subjection, right? To go into this, this task of grading these scholarships without the thought that without the thought that hmm this is right and this is wrong and if this student didn't do this or that it is right and wrong so I really enjoyed being a part of that process because I gave myself a criteria that was against the status quo the criteria I used for scoring the scholarships that were before me was not based on grammar I didn't do that I looked for the story right it wasn't based on dialect I had some students who spoke exactly as they would speak at home and you know what I didn't mark them down for that because that's okay they get to be themselves I don't expect them to master being fake while trying to master school like that's not going to be the expectation and it's completely unrealistic and on top of that it's very confusing 
you have to get a, a person to the place where they have to remember, oh, in this area, I have to act like this. And in this area, I have to act like that. Let me just be a, a firsthand witness who has experienced such to say it's exhausting. And at the end of the day, you feel isolated because once you conform to one or the other, you go home. And I'm just going to be real. Me personally, I go home. I'm not black enough. I go to work and I'm not white enough. So I'm, I'm having a, a trouble, right? Trying to figure out exactly who I am as an individual. And we do not need our youth or our our people that we are in charge of, our teens, struggling with additional cultural identity crisis because of the environment that we subject them to. So a way to uh, start to minimize this is to be fully aware of how we contribute to the maintenance of these of these outstanding um I could also call these these are not reasonable these unreasonable and inconsiderate cultural norms to force us to conform and when I say us I mean all of us to a dominant culture Because there's even some white people that don't speak a certain language or a dialect. And for this, they go in certain environments and and they are judged by it. And people just need to check themselves. People need to check themselves. So what is equitable concerning building environments that are safe for everybody is being sure that there is a representation of each of those cultural identities. Being culturally competent as a leader to be able to let a person, an individual, speak as themselves and still being able to interpret the message without trying to correct the terms or the dialect or the accent of which they're presenting. That's not your place. Your place is to empower individualism and individuality. If we continue to conform to one norm, there will be no diversity. There will be no diversity or there will be a continuance of this idea that this is right. And you're telling a lot of other people who do not identify as dominant culture. You're telling a lot of people that they are wrong or they are not right or something is wrong with them. And what does that do to a person's confidence? How does that how does that play into a lack, a lack of efficacy or efficacy? When you tell someone that they're not meeting a standard because you've placed this standard as dominant culture, then you have, especially with youth, you have them struggling to meet an expectation that they know nothing about. And it's really not fair within a school or a work environment because the chances are people are spending, okay, maybe 40, 60 uh, hours a week with you, but it's it goes against everything that we know about science, about the brain chemistry and about uh, social norms and uh, social learning theories and all these different theories that speak to the idea that we are a product of our environment. And so if a greater percentage of our time is spent in our home environments, you're telling me that you're going to judge me daily on my work performance by me being able to adapt each and every day after I spend a majority of my time in my own element. Make that make sense. 
So if you paid attention to the title, I was very specific about saying code switch for what? For what, honey? Because at home, that's how we talk, okay? And I've gotten really comfortable over the last couple of months being sure that I am myself. When I present, I am myself. When I talk to people, I am myself. And because of my multitude of experiences, I am a blend of my African-American culture and my Ebonical dialect, as well as my degrees and my dominant culture workplace. At the end of the day, I am me. And for those of you who can't accept me for me, that's a personal problem that you have to work through because the same thing goes for these parents whose, whose youth go into dominant culture and they, they adapt well, they conform well. Well, remember, that's what the system was set up to do. So now that your student or your child has started to meet the standard, and I say that very loosely and in quotes, You have to have these deep conversations or even the understanding, just simply the awareness that yes, every day we're fighting to maintain our individual culturalism. So when we talk about code switching and what we're teaching our youth as they come up or what leaders are expecting of their team when they come into work, I want you to check yourself and be sure that you are not holding yourself, first of all, to an expectation that was taught to you. And you're definitely not holding the people that you lead to an expectation that was taught to them. So I'm just going to leave you with that thought and let you let that marinate again. Thank you for joining me on today's Quick with Q. This was just a small seed of information that I thought I'd plant in your life to help grow your quality of living and your quality of thinking. Please join me back for another episode. Please contact me at Quiana Davis Lewis on Facebook.com or Divine Mind consultation services if you have any specific topics that you want me to go over any questions that you want to ask I want to hear from you I want to engage with you come on y'all let's grow together